Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mojo Moments. I'm your host, Thane Calder. As we're wrapping up the first season of Mojo Moments, and with kids and parents entering an incredibly challenging back-to-school season during this COVID pandemic, we felt it'd be a good idea to compile our guest answers to the one question that I ask everyone. What advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? Now, it's a selfish question, as I have a 16-year-old son, and I essentially can steal these answers from all these other wise souls and share them at home. So here, in order, are those answers from Andy Nolman, Christiane Germain, Bernard Mariette, Mitch Joel, Ellen Antonio, Amy Black, and Julian Giacomelli. Listen up. So just in case you believe in reincarnation, if you could give one piece of advice that you could tell yourself to your 16-year-old self, what would it be? Um, you know, I just relived my 16-year-old self. And uh, in the end, I guess if I had to give, it's advice that I give all the time uh, to everyone. And that is, you know, it sounds trite, but it's, uh, but, um, it's, it's also it's a catchphrase from the movie Meatballs. But it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. What I mean by that is I can go back and let me tell you, I looked at all those date books and look at all the, the, the highs and the lows and you get by it. You get, you know, time is, is this wonderful effect of putting layers of comfort over raw open wounds. And um, there are very few things that, that I did, very few mistakes I made, very few, um, uh, not to say I didn't make, I mean, tons of them, but there are very few that really had a lasting effect that wasn't, I wasn't able to get over it. But you think at the time, oh my God, it's the end of the world, but it's not the end of the world. Like the only, the end of the, not even COVID-19 is the end of the world. It's as close as most of us will ever get, let me tell you. But um, nothing really is the end of the world. I used to tell that always the, the people that just for last, I don't know if you were there thing when I used to, I gave this uh, speech, but I gave it every year. And I would tell the, the employees, particularly the young summer employees, guys, nothing you can do will kill this. You cannot kill this event is too big for you to kill. Nothing you can do will kill this. So take your shot, do something different, take a risk, do what you think is best. Um, don't be stupid. But even if you are stupid, you're still not going to kill it. Nothing you're going to do is going to kill this. So be brave, be brave and realize that today's horror story is something that you're all going to laugh at, you know, over drinks in a bar one day when they open up bars again. But that really is the, the advice. It just doesn't matter. That is a huge closing to this. When we're we're quoting meatballs <laughs> to feel good in a very meaningful way about the COVID period. So, Christian, here's our wrap-up question. What would be the one piece of advice you'd you would give yourself back in 1988 that you know now, but if you could talk to you starting out in 1988, what would be the one advice you give yourself? I think I would tell, I would tell myself to spend a little more time getting to know myself and try not to please everyone. I started this business and I started working very young because I didn't go to I didn't like going to school, so you know I didn't study for too long. So I started working young, started this company when I was young. I did everything when I was young, and I had a lot of energy. I wanted to be not successful, but I wanted to, I wanted to be able to earn my own money, to be independent. That was yeah. very important. 
but I didn't spend too much. I didn't spend time to get to know myself, to really understand what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be. It was not about me. It was just about everything else but me. And it was just like making sure everybody was happy, pleasing everybody. And, da, 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 da. and it's fine. You know, it's good at today going back. I, yeah, spend a little bit more time getting to know yourself, what you really want. And uh, yeah, no, but that's really interesting. That's really interesting. I, I sometimes wonder if, can someone just do that? Or it's through the process of doing all the things that they get to know themselves at the same time, you know, like yeah. it's. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't, you know, going back, I don't know how many years ago, but it was not. You, you couldn't do that. It was just, especially, and I have to say it, especially as a woman, you couldn't do that, you know, getting to know yourself a little bit more, understanding who you are, understanding, you know, you couldn't do that. It was just go, go, go and, you know, make sure it works. Yeah, definitely for, for women entrepreneurs, there's that reality of having to always prove a little more. Or... Oh my God. It was all about showing that you can do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Showing, I mean, you have to show you can do it and you can do it. You have a family, but you, you can do it all. Go, go, yeah. go. You know, so it was, there was nothing about me, what I really wanted. And so, yeah, if I was going back, I would take a little bit more time understanding myself. Yeah. So, Belnau, one little last territory I'd like to explore with you. If you were to give yourself, Say the twenty-year-old kid that was apple picking. Give that Belnau apple picking kid advice based on what you know now. Like, what would you say? It's very interesting because what I know is that I truly don't know anything. Before, you know, I would have said, "Well, do an MBA and do this and do that," and but now I, I honestly don't know what I will tell him. I mean, one thing I will tell him is be yourself. Don't try to copy somebody because you've seen them on Instagram. Don't try to copy somebody because he's making tons of money. Be yourself. Try to be really, really good with people. Avoid being selfish. And by the way, when I'm telling you that, this is things I'm telling myself. That's what I will, I will tell him. Be yourself and, and don't worry about if you're not in the path. That is awesome. Thank you. So the last question, I like doing this mainly because I have a, my eldest son is 16 and I guess next year it'll have to be 17. But anyway, I, I like ending off with this question because I'm trying to find advice to give him. He's sort of leading the pack with the kids of trying to get on the right path. And so if you could meet you, your 16 year old you, Mitch, what's the one piece of advice that you would tell yourself? So it'll be two things. One is I would definitely tell myself to be braver. Like ask that person out, don't stay in your head, be braver because this path that you seem very unsure about when you look at others is an excellent path. Keep at it, you know, so be braver in your own self-awareness. That would be one thing. And I think the breakdown of it is something that I tell my kids every day. And if you pull them in here, even my youngest who's in kindergarten will say, before you go to school, what does dad say? And I always say to them to go in with the positive attitude to ask great questions and to pay attention. And I think that if I could go back and I couldn't talk about just stay the path because you don't want to break the whole time space continuum thing by telling me that I will do it. It's like a back to the future moment. <laughs> Only you would worry about that. But anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah. I would probably just say, you know, positive attitude, ask great questions and pay attention. I mean, that's the secret of life. I'm writing it down. 
I say it to myself every day, right? Because it's really easy to not go with positive attitude. And when I say ask great questions, I didn't say ask questions because ask great questions forces you to think like, is this a great question? And paying attention is like we talk about listening, using your eyes, body, letting people talk, letting them finishing their sentence, hearing things like, I mean, would you be where you were? Would I be where I am if we weren't paying a lot of attention? I don't think so. So the Mitch three-step program here, is this yours or did this come from some other inspired person? I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I say to my kids to the point where I'll say to them, guys, remember, they go, go in with a positive attitude, (laughs) ask great questions, pay attention. And I go, I don't care if that's all they remember from me, that's fine. You know, there's going to be a period where they're going to do the exact opposite on that. They're like, oh, it's starting. I'm going in with the negative attitude. I'm not going to ask questions and I'm just going to be spaced out here just to you know yes yeah. they're going hardcore at that right now actually <laughs> <laughs> well i can understand man it's unique times yeah and here's the last question and i realized why we made have put this up because i have a 16 year old my eldest son 16 and i'm uh, seeking advice indirectly so i you know if you could give your own 16 year old self if you could give that 16 year old advice what would that be I guess it is to to really try to take advantage of every phase of your life and not try to fast forward, not try to regret or rewind. It's more of the try every single phase, even if it's a hard one, because it serves something. If it's a hard one, it serves your growth. And if it's a good one, then you should be grateful and thankful. You know, everyone talks about mindfulness or whatever, but it's, it's not that. It's really to appreciate where you're at right now. And every single phase has something to contribute to your growth. That's awesome. Actually, you know, when I'm watching my own kids in this period, uh, I feel they're being rock stars generally. Yeah. Yeah. Making the most of it. Question number five. I usually ask a question, you know, advice you give yourself when you're 16. But since we're on the book expert theme here, what advice would you give someone to encourage their 16-year-old to keep on reading or to read at all? I mean, I think that truly what happens, why kids stop reading is it stops having social currency. Like you don't talk to your friends anymore about, did you read this great book? I mean, that happens up to a certain age, like 11, 12, maybe. And especially I've heard a lot of this said by people who work at libraries or our our sales group who talks a lot to our kids retailers that for boys, that's especially true. It just doesn't have any cachet after a certain point. So I think the best thing you can do is to read a lot yourself, to be seen reading or talk about books. I mean, make them seem as relevant as they are. And also to not dwell on books as being stuffy or vehicles for self-improvement. I mean, they can be silly or they can be funny or they can be, I mean, you know, books don't have to sort of have this air of pretension. Or work. They can't feel like schoolwork. Yeah, I mean, you know, For example, my son does read books about people in sports that he likes. And so that is like one area where, you know, we found some common ground in our respective interests. But I think having books around, having books available, having books in the general atmosphere is great. I do think that people come back to books, even if they leave them for a while in those years. And I think the last thing you want to do is kind of prescribe it like it's bitter medicine. So so I just realized I did a trick based on what you're saying indirectly. So the reason why I always ask about the 16, because my eldest child is 16 and I'm like, I need tips. So the school gave them out the old reading list for the summer. 
And when we're choosing the books, my wife said, like, you're, my wife's Francophone, so I'm Anglophone. You're in charge of the English books. So I spotted the ones I wanted to read. And one of them I wanted to reread is Liar's Poker. So when it arrived, I just grabbed it. I was like, I want to start reading this because it's been a long time. So he actually grabbed it back and is digging into it and asked me a lot of questions. It's all about Wall Street back in the heyday of Wall Streetness. And so we're kind of riffing on that. That's kind of fun. So I did it, you know, by accident. Well, it was genuine. And I think that's really, I think kids, if you can call a 16-year-old a kid, they respond to that. I mean, I think anyone does. Like if you have somebody that is saying something with sincerity, it's really, it can be hard to resist. Mm. So I think that's a perfect example. You know, it was a natural born enthusiasm that you channeled. You, did, you channeled it. I had my good dad moment. Well done. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> So you meet up with the 16-year-old Julian, you, what's the advice you're giving you? Oh God, easy. I mean, try to start figuring out what really matters to you. I was very motivated by what others thought, what I was meant to be doing. And so I think I was quite late to develop a sense of uh, self-knowledge. And I know that that's, that's, to a 16-year-old, I wouldn't phrase it quite that way, but I would be definitely encouraged young Julian to be not afraid to to honor the things that felt a bit different about what was interesting to me. And I think that I, it took me a long time to get a step out of that, like, how do I need to be classically successful? And I think there's something to be said, and, and I'm increasingly, I, I don't have any kids of my own, but my amazing girlfriend has two boys, three and five. And I think that somehow finding a way to tap into our individual kind of gifts earlier is important. I mean, you're, you're a father, you, you, you know, we, I think we, this is simultaneously like you, you want them to be happy and successful. So you sort of push them in a way, but it's like really honoring the uniqueness and what it is that they're all about. Cause I feel like that was starved in me. Not, it was my own choice. No one beat me over the head. I was just so motivated by all those great schools to be like, so let's go, can we go down this rabbit hole for a Because actually the one question we asked in every one of our podcasts is this one question. It's the only one that's a repeat for sure. Sometimes we do repeat things, but this one has always been there. It's our last question. My eldest son is 16. And so I'm essentially stealing this for helping me giving sound advice. What you just shared is actually pretty much a common theme. The question I've never asked is how does a 16 year old get a sense of that self-awareness? Yeah. Because it's a weird age, you know, because there's so many pressures. 16 might be I wouldn't say it's too early. You know, I guess it's like we all saw the Dead Poets Society where you have the teacher or the influencer who's not your parents, who encourages you to just hold on to crazy ideas. So I don't know. I think it's maybe more relevant to be thinking about that in your early 20s. I think it's 16, 17 years grappling with so much of like, what's it like to be a teenager? And it's a great question. How do you do it? Because asking a couple of questions won't do it. You're so driven by the pressure of peers and what's happening at home. Maybe one of the ways, and it's one of the things that I believe is to try to get out on some kind of, again, I wouldn't call it a vision quest because at that age, you have no idea what that means, but to get out of those, to go and do a month long trip of some kind, to get out of the zones where you're buffeted by and driven by, you know, like not the soccer camp that your dad wanted you to go to. Like that may be it, but, you know, so whether it's a work away thing or I had this place in Felixburg out in the townships and I was like, I want to run a summer school 
where you're not telling them that what it's all about. Like you don't, there's no theory because it's not that. It's more just like letting them come out of all of the programming that comes from day-to-day life, which is normal. You need schools, you need all of this guidance comes from, the, from caregivers and comes in a good way, but to take them out of that and let them explore that a little bit more with activities and projects and develop that. It's sort of like, I would say that it's developing a confidence that ideas that come up that might be different or that would fly in the face of what mom, dad, and the school teachers say are okay to entertain. Some kids have that, right? You had those kids in your class that were like, F you, I'm going to be a rock star. Uh, there's very few. I'd say like there's... Yeah. And a lot of the time that's misguided. But it's as those ideas come up is to listen and honor them and to not just throw them out and try to step in line and do... Not, it's not what everyone else is doing. Like we weren't told to be all the same, but being guided by these really general, like here's what's, what you should do and you couldn't do. And I think that would have been fun for me to have some way to build more of that in my sort of late teens, early 20s. My wife shared with me the other day a great uh, interview with this super smart woman whose name I should remember, but is a uh, sort of educational psychologist. And she said, we as parents often treat our children like a bonsai tree. So we go around clipping and pruning it and making it perfect. But really, we should be inspired by a wildflower garden. So you do want to set the soil. You want to make sure that there's the space to grow, but just let it take shape a little on its own. Yeah, we're stewards. I mean, you said it. Those are the words. You know, what you learn about living systems is we create the conditions for growth. You don't look at the plant and pull it out of the ground. So we create the conditions, we're aware, and then you just let it nature take itself. And you can guide and, and work a little bit on it, but you don't, you know, too much of it is driven by our ideas of what things should be and but of course that requires our own self-awareness and if you don't have it as parent then it's harder to, to even know what that means right and that's a wrap you can spot some common elements here and for sure all this was way easier said than done particularly if you're trying to convince a 16 year old but it starts with finding what inspires and motivates you and being prepared for that to change over time then there's being brave and pursuing your objectives and trusting yourself and your ideas. This too gets easier the more experience you have. So we hope you enjoyed this discussion and good luck with your 16-year-old. Thanks again to Chris Fallon for taking us away and make sure to subscribe to this podcast and share it around and give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Take care and speak soon. <laughs>